Welcome to another episode of Savage Town TV. I'm your host, A.B. Brizzy, and this is the Blunt Talks Podcast presented by Savage Time TV. And today, I'm going to hit you guys with some more info. Got a lot of things to cover. Uh, it was an interesting weekend. We're going to get into a lot of things, some music, uh, sports, of course, um, and some interesting fashion shit that actually happened over the weekend. Uh, remember to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Uh also, you can find us on Instagram, iTunes, Apple Music, any of the streaming services. Just type in Savage Time TV and there it will be for you. Well, let's get into it. Um, I stumbled upon some great things happening. Um, this is a great example of celebs doing something, using their power, using their reach to affect change. And that's with um, Al Harrington. Uh, he has a company called the Viola Company. It's a marijuana company. He's been doing big things with that, trying to make a lot of change to the marijuana industry, especially how it affects uh, black people. And he's been trying to push for legislation and things of that nature. So something I found interesting was that Al Harrington, Drake, Killer Mike, Meek Mill, Deion Sanders, KG, and among another 150 plus celebs, professionals, they uh, sent a letter wrote a letter and sent a letter to President Joe Biden to release all nonviolent cannabis offenders. And one, this is something that needs to be done because we've got people, everybody knows some states, for example, Illinois, California, Colorado, these places um, have legalized uh, marijuana. So there's people out here that are buying selling distributing smoking and people used to go to prison for that especially in the uh, black and brown communities and i feel as if this is something one thing about marijuana it's not always about legalizing it i know everybody wants it to be legal so everybody can smoke but we can't forget about the people that were done wrongly by the justice system We can't forget about those people that are locked up right now for things that people are doing recreationally. And I think the fact that these celebs are showing that they care for one and two are using their platforms to make change is a great thing. Here's an excerpt from the uh, letter that they wrote. Relief from the federal war on marijuana would not only be just, it would also be a good policy for advancing public safety and economic prosperity. A general pardon poses a low risk to the American public by expunging records and releasing the last remaining prisoners of federal marijuana prohibition. Those who will have their sentences commuted, compromised, comprise a small percentage of the federal prison population are incarcerated only for nonviolent marijuana offenses. All other beneficiaries of a categorical pardon represent an even lower risk since these people are already living peacefully among their neighbors. This is great because it's he's talking about how really there's there's really no risk involved here. It's it's really not a big thing. One, it's nonviolent, which is a which is another story for another day. When it comes to, I just feel almost if it's not nonviolent, but we'll get into that later. Uh, it's nonviolent offenses and it's marijuana. Two things that really aren't going to hurt, and I think it would definitely show that the that. America and the United States is taking a forward initiative in correcting the criminal justice system because we know that the the people that have been affected most by unfair marijuana laws and has been 
the black community. So I was really happy to see that they're doing this, really happy that they're pushing change. Um, it's what we need to see. Um, these are the role models. This is how you want to see the people you look up to moving. You want to see that they're doing things for you to affect you. And it's great because, you know, a lot of people think they can't relate to their celebs. They go through the same issues that we do, same problems. They probably all have, uh, they probably each have a family member or a friend that has been affected by the unfair laws. So it was great to see. Um, I'm really looking forward to what Joe Biden's going to do, um, how he's going to respond. I hope he gives out a response. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. Let's uh, get into some more things. Rick Ross, Ricky Rose, the biggest boss. Uh, this guy just seems to always do things like he always he said, um, I don't like to move fast. I like to move correctly. And it always seems like with Rick Ross and his moves, he moves correctly. Uh, and he took another example of this by gifting his son, who's also named William Roberts, his own wing stop location. So he's preaching entrepreneurship. He's giving, putting people in position, especially his son. He's not just giving him money. He's teaching him financial literacy, giving him ownership, which I think is great. And it's all about ownership. Rick Ross pushes ownership, pushes ownership, pushes ownership. And he always pushes, keep your family close. You know, uh, he has said in a, in a interview that if you empower the people around you, you don't got to worry about people coming to you for money people dependent on you. If you put them in the position to make their own money, they'll appreciate that more. And it was really dope because I think he turned 16 and he already has his own Wingstop location. That's that's so lit, legit and so so tough. He's going to keep this in his family. Who knows what his son will do with it? Maybe his son will end up getting all the Wingstop's locations. And, they, and the next thing you know, his son might not even have to rap or have to do anything in the entertainment music, entertainment industry because he owns 30, 35 plus Wingstop's locations. And it's all about the thighs. It's all about the thighs, as Rick Ross would say. And I so I don't think Wingstop is going to go out of out of business anytime soon. So it was really dope to see this. Um, definitely between a father and son in the black community. Definitely to see a black father doing something for his son. Um, that was great to see. Uh, you know, we don't get a lot of that in our community. And even if we do, it's usually not a light that is shed upon it. So it was great to see that uh, Rick Ross came out and did that for his son. He's always teaching, uh, always talking about business, always talking about entrepreneurship. But for him to put his foot down on it, that was really dope. Let's get into this uh, <laughs> a funny story about Kanye West and this Donda. Um, people are saying that it's rushed. And according to Todd Rundgren, I think that's how you pronounce it. He is a prominent uh musical artist that has helped and worked with Kanye a lot on his some one for Donda and for other projects. He said that he rushed it. He said that he rushed it literally only to beat Drake's uh, CLB. Now I can agree that it was, it did feel a little rushed, a little raw, unfiltered, but I will say this, maybe it was supposed to be raw and unfiltered. Again, this album was called Donda. It had to do with his mom. And we know that Kanye is one for extremes. He is always definitely in touch with his feelings. He's emotional. And he probably wanted to give it in a raw, unfiltered way. I'm not saying they didn't mix it at all and they just recorded it on a <laughs> on a mic and then just didn't make any adjustments. But I think he wanted to capture and maybe just keep what he got in those sessions 
uh, as pure as he could. And I think that's the reason why some people say maybe it sounds a little raw and filtered. Maybe needed a little bit more mixing. Because either way, you can tell that... Either way, you can tell that uh, he put his all into this emotionally, I will say. You can tell that it meant something to him. Um, and even with it sounding raw and unfiltered to production, it's top-notch. It's top-notch, is it not? Like, let's be real. The production is top-notch. But let's go over the first week, these first week numbers. Um, first week for Donda was 300000 and Certified Lover Boy was 600000 Y'all know I'm a little sick about that, but at the same time, I had to be real with myself, and I had to know that I couldn't really expect Donda to outsell, to outsell, to outsell uh, CLB Certified Lover Boy because Drake is just so popular. So I know the streaming numbers were going to be there, but I think sonically Donda destroys Certified Lover Boy. And I was talking to my boy Barry about this uh, yesterday. I think that the gap between clb and donda when it comes to expectations versus reality was bigger for clb i think a lot the majority of the music population definitely holds drake in a higher regard at this point than kanye and especially when it came out with expectations i think a lot of drake fans were expecting a classic album um they were expecting something with some weight and the fact that they waited about a year and a half and that's what he gave them uh, shout out to Roy from Roy and Ma. He said it sounded like a parody album, and I kind of agree. I was actually with somebody else with with a group of uh, with a group of people, and they had said that they felt like CLB was basically him trying to recreate like a Take Care or Views. It wasn't really original, and maybe I think I don't want to say it was rushed, but I think that that whole Kanye versus Drake thing between the two. I think they both rushed a little bit on either side. They were both a little anxious to get their stuff out there because I feel like they were kind of using their back and forth to promote and they didn't want to put it out and keep dragging it out, dragging it out, dragging it out. But I will say, uh, I think that the better album is definitely Donda. I do like CLB. They're already going to outplay way too sexy, way too much. That shit, they're playing the fuck out of that. My favorite song probably off that is probably the I Miss You Too with Kid Cudi. In Too Deep, I, I like Futures, of Verse, and uh, Knife Talk. Um, like I've mentioned before, those are my favorite. But... Uh, when it came to those first week sales, hmm, CLB definitely got it. But I think as these albums progress and grow on people, people will come back to Donda. I think Donda will be known as the better one out of those two, as time tells. Time always tells. And another interesting fact about Kanye going into why I think it was raw and unfiltered was that he made all the collab people wear Donda merch. Again, showing how much he's invested in it, so much, how much emotion and weight that he had on the album. He even made everybody that came in there to do a collab wear the merch from the album. And that's why I think it came off raw, unfiltered. That's what he wanted because his feelings for his mom and his feelings for wanting to show her respect and, and show her in a great light and show appreciation is raw. It's raw. And we know one thing about Kanye is he's raw. So I think uh, that raw and unfiltered sound that a lot of people were talking about, I think that's why. But I do will agree saying that I think it was rushed.
But at the same time, like I was telling my boy, y'all got to hold Drake accountable. He had y'all waiting like a year, year and a half for that. And then he gave y'all that that album and it really wasn't all that. So uh, moving on from that, some uh, not good news, not really good news that I saw over the weekend was that Pop Smoke's gravesite had been vandalized. Um, what the fuck is up with y'all? Like, for real. Like, what is y'all out here doing? Like, jealousy and hate on another level. The man is dead. He's resting. Um, and you want to go over there and defecate his resting place and defecate his, 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 uh, I think it, his, his headstone. Cause I think, um, from what the pictures that I saw, it, it didn't look like it was one where they're like buried in the, in the ground. It kind of looked like they were. He was surrounded. It, it, it's like a mausoleum or something of that nature. And it looked like they had specifically just broke his thing down and then tried to drag his body out. Now, think about that. You're going to a cemetery and dragging a body out. Like, the energy that has to be going on in that in that moment must be insane. Like, if your jealousy and hate for that guy is that high, that makes no sense. Let it go. He's dead. He's passed and gone. You missed your opportunity for whatever you was trying to do. Um, again, rest in peace for Pop Smoke, man. Nobody needs to have their, their their place of rest defecated, man. If you got beef with somebody, do it while they're alive. Once they, if, if they uh, pass away, uh, you need to just leave that alone. It's over. That's that's the end. Because that makes no sense whatsoever for for that to happen. So uh, shout out to his family. Shout out to Pop Smoke's family, man. Um. It's terrible that you guys had to go through that, man. Again, rest in peace, Pop Smoke. Now, let's get into this interesting topic. Halle Berry, Halle, Halle Bailey, Chloe Bailey. Chloe Bailey, Halle Bailey. They're really starting to make their mark right now. And my goodness, those are two beautiful women. And I just want to talk about if I had to choose, which one would I choose and why? I'm going to go with Halle Bailey. Yeah, she is the more conservative, more seems to be more chill one. But that's exactly why I fuck with her. And I'm not going to sit here and bullshit with y'all. At first, Chloe Bailey was killing it on Instagram. And I was right there like, jeez, look at her. She doing her thing. But then I was like, I was just thinking like, isn't there two of them? So I got a little curious, and the next thing I know, I peeped how Halle Berry, Halle Bailey, and how she moves, and um, God, I just love the way she moves. I love the way you can see her mentality through her actions. She gives off that I'm chill, um, not even chill, but she just seems to be. She doesn't need to need validation. She seems to be more secure with herself she seems to be more confident in herself not saying that chloe bailey isn't confident but i think she has more of a need to be liked or wanted by the public and i think that's obvious by if you just you know follow their social medias and things like that their social medias look completely different um and on top of that holly berry is just Halle Bailey, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. If she listens to this, I'm so sorry. Halle Bailey, I'm so sorry. But uh, she's just she's just fine, y'all. She's fine. I think Halle get, gives you the more pretty uh, 
to take you out for a nice dinner, Chloe Bailey, you could definitely have some fun with. But like I was saying, I think I would, if I wanted to have a real cool weekend, fun-ass weekend, I'm going to go with Chloe. But if I want to settle, if I'm not trying to build, if I'm trying to really see what's up, I think I'm going to go with Hallie. And I think there's nothing wrong with either one. You can pick both. They're both great. Um, I ain't going to lie. If it was my choice, I'd have both of them. Both on. One on the left and one on the right, to be honest with you. Um, they were both looking great at the Met Gala. We're going to talk about that uh, later. The Met Gala had some very interesting outfits. <laughs> some very interesting outfits. But they're both very talented. But I got to I gotta say I'm going to go with Hallie. I love the way she moves. It seems like she has a great mentality. She's, she's like quiet. She gives me that quiet. It's kept. She gives me that I'm chilling underneath the radar, but don't sleep on me type vibes. I think Chloe kind of is doing a lot right now. Nothing wrong with that. She killed her. Her, her uh, performance at the VMAs was dope. It was dope as hell. Seriously. But I think, for example, I don't see Hallie making a record like that. I think Hallie gives me more of a Solange Knowles type vibe. Like... You know what I mean? I feel like when it comes to them, it's kind of like how Beyonce and Solange are. Solange gives you more of that R&B, um, real, almost even alternative type music. While, of course, Beyonce is Beyonce. And I think I can see that happening with these two, where Chloe kind of takes, goes in that direction. Hallie goes in the other direction. Uh, but yeah, those, those, when it comes to those two, I'm definitely going with Hallie. Y'all let me know. <laughs> who y'all messing with? Who y'all fucking with out of those two and why? Uh, the Matrix 4, bro. Shout out to that. The Matrix 4 is coming out. And The Matrix is one of those um, one of those movie movie series that I think is almost like Kanye West's music. Where no matter where you watch it, it looks like it's from the future. It looks like it's from a different time period, just a different perspective. Like the Matrix trilogy is just so crazy. And to see that Matrix 4 is going to be coming out, I'm definitely happy to hear that. Uh, won't Morpheus won't be played by, uh, uh, goodness gracious, man, I Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne won't be playing uh, Morpheus, though. I wish they could return all the characters, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, I saw who was going to be playing Morpheus and in uh, Matrix 4, I don't want to butcher his name and I don't even want to try it, but he definitely has, I think he just played in Candyman, actually. It's dope to see that he's making making headway. I've seen him in some different things. He was in that, uh, he was in on that, that crazy Black Mirror episode. I don't know if you guys watch Black Mirror, but he was on, he was on a, uh, that episode where the two friends are playing video games, the two guys sitting there playing video games or whatever and they go into the virtual world but he also played in Candyman. i didn't watch Candyman. never even seen the original i'm not even trying to get into that say his name this many times and show up i'm cool on that but that guy that actor he'll also be playing morpheus so i'm definitely looking forward to that and see what he does in that role now let's get to what made me the most sad um over the weekend jeez my baltimore ravens y'all Jesus Lord, Jesus Louise, we are here on Monday night, prime time, opening up the season, we in Las Vegas, we lost to the Raiders, the Raiders, we lost to the Raiders, couldn't believe it, Lamar Jackson fumbled three times, lost two of them, 
we gave up 50 yards in 33 seconds. It was it was horrible. And they're talking about this is a classic game and what a game. And I'm just sitting here like, God, when you, when you don't got nothing in the fight, it just, you don't got, you ain't throwing nothing into that ring. It just looks away. It just looks away. Because I'm like, man, game of the year, fuck that. Shit was bullshit. We were missing, first off, we were missing Marcus Peters. And Jimmy Smith. Now, it's not a Raven season if Jimmy Smith doesn't start off on injury reserve or some type of injury. You want to talk about Baltimore show love because I'm trying to tell you, Baltimore Ravens fans know this. Jimmy Smith gets hurt every single year. He is a great player, great player, but he gets injured all the time. So, for us to be out there with only Marvin Humphrey and then going down to our fourth and fifth string corners... We were going to need a lot to win anyway, but it was obvious that this wasn't the same type of Ravens defense that anyone's used to seeing. Then Lamar fumbles a couple times, but people want to bring out Lamar. Every time that people have an opportunity to say something, they're always going to go at Lamar, go at Lamar, go at Lamar. And I'm like, bro, watch the game. Our offensive line was trash. I don't know why you guys got rid of Orlando Brown Jr. sent them to the Chiefs. That was dumb as fuck, to be honest. That was just a dumbass move. Like, I'm sorry. Like, we should have kept Orlando Brown. The one thing we know we need is to keep him protected in the pocket. Period. We shouldn't have got rid of Orlando Brown Jr. Ronnie Stanley was doing his thing, but it wasn't enough. They had Max Crosby out here pushing, hitting my quarterback, talking shit. I'm sitting here like, bro, what is this? We don't have Marshall Yonder no more. Like, but, oh, it was crazy. And people are like, how was the bars fumbling? I'm like, bro, did you see? Did you watch the game? Anytime we drop back to pass, he only had about one, maybe one max two seconds. And he's got people pulling, coming up in his face. The best play of the day for the Ravens was when he had to juke and spin out of a sack and then throw the touchdown to the back of Hollywood Brown. That's another thing. We didn't even have Rashad Bateman injured again. Like, he was our first-round pick by receiver. I'm looking forward to see what he's going to do because he was killing it in training camp, and he got injured. It's just like, damn, can we catch a break? And, yes, it was one game, but fuck, man. I know it's not how you start, but how you finish, but shit. Shit. Can we do something? Like, I'm just sitting there watching that shit like, this is this this is crazy. When we, when we went down and got the field goal, 30-something seconds left, I'm like, oh, we got this in a bag. Because we had already bullshitted. We was up 14-0. We were up 14 nothing, And, uh, oh my goodness. We, we, we were 81-0 and when up by 14. 81-0. That's why I'm saying, like, this isn't me just being a Ravens fan acting crazy. Bro, we really, I've never seen that. Like, literally never seen that as a Ravens fan. I'm like, bro, 14-0? That's a dub. Dub. These things at the fucking... Raiders come back. The Raiders? Raiders probably ain't going to make the playoffs this year. Like, what are we doing? Get it together, man. Get it together over there in Owen Mills. I'm for real, man. Get it together. We got the Chiefs next week. Sunday night. Back-to-back primetime. We cannot be looking like this in primetime in two games, bro. And we need to get over this hump and beat Kansas City at least once. We've been there twice. Maybe for some reason we can get it this second time. But at, at bare minimum, keep that shit. Uh, keep that shit competitive. Yeah, I'm here. Y'all in my bed, yeah. 
God, that court water good as hell, boy. But um, moving on from the Ravens, man. Jeez. But yeah, get it together, y'all. Get it together. That's all I can say. Get it together. LeBron James. LeBron, LeBron James, man. He's always doing something, bro. This, this man does not stop working. And I was I was happy to stumble upon this story. But he's got a new doc coming out called I Promise. Pre uh, presented by YouTube Originals. Um, it's telling the story of LeBron's efforts to close the achievement gap in his hometown of Akron. Uh, this is great because we already know that LeBron is all about Akron, his hometown over there in Ohio. The I Promise school that he opened up. And this again, this is another black man affecting change and going back and giving back to his community, which is a great thing. And the fact that YouTube Originals picks it up, I know that it's going to be a more of an in-depth look. Um, it's great that these so a lot of these media conglomerates are starting to get into other things. Um, it's even with like Netflix. If you ever realize Netf the Netflix movies, it seems like they have more leeway to go into certain storylines that you wouldn't see a lot of main movies going to. So I like I'm definitely interested in seeing this documentary because I am interested in how he how he built the school and how it's been doing. I heard it's been doing great things. Um, I heard they've been making a lot of uh, progress in the community. Uh, so, again, always, always here for LeBron James and the great things that he's doing on and off the court. And this just shows, again, why he is considerably the GOAT because uh People always talk about people like Tim Duncan. It was what he did on and off that made him so great. But give LeBron that same credit, man. He could have easily just been a great basketball player, didn't do anything off the field. But he always makes it a point to give back to his community and to affect change. So that again, YouTube Originals is going to be called the I. It's going to be called I Promise, and it will be premiering September twenty eighth, twelve p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm not gonna lie. Um, you guys over there in Pacific, nine p.m. Uh, but you know, everything runs off the East Coast. <laughs> uh, getting into some more music things, Nas, man. I told y'all about that King's Disease 2, probably my favorite Nas album. Yes, yes, I know, Illmatic, Stillmatic, but I'm not one of these bullshit fans that's like, Illmatic, Stillmatic. And I never really wasn't even listening to Nas like that, um, when it came out. And even now, like, I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I'm gonna bump the whole Illmatic or Stillmatic album. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that. They're my favorites just because they're everyone's favorites. I'm going to say that The King's Disease 2 is my favorite Nas album that I've heard, me personally. Um, and one of those one of those uh, songs on there that I love is Brunch on Sundays. <laughs> and being here in Atlanta, bro, we all know about Brunch on Sundays and how brunch can get. And the video, he made a music video. Again, I love music videos. Like, a great way to put your thoughts and, and to show a story with music. It's great art. Uh, he's going to have a lot of his friends there. And this includes LeBron James, Swiss Beats, Russell Westbrook, and Hit Boy. And among others, among others. Um, some of them I didn't, I couldn't recognize. But it just looks like a really dope concept. And it just shows, man. This, that, that, <laughs> yeah, boy, Nas, bro. He can never cease to amaze, bro. Never cease to amaze. I think having a video with all those guys to get them to come together to saying something. LeBron, Swiss Beats, Westbrook, and Hit Boy. It's going to be a dope video. From the clips that I have seen, it's going to be great. So be on the lookout for that. Nas Brunch on Sunday's music videos. Okay, let's get into the verses. The verses, the verses. Uh, it actually wasn't a verses that happened, but Diddy had uh, slid in 
on another versus that had happened this weekend. I think it might have been, uh, I don't know who it was. I don't know that had a notable one to th- this weekend. But Diddy has slid in and said he wants to, to go against Dr. Dre. Now, I think that's what you call a true toss-up. Don't get me wrong. I'm East Coast all day, so I'm probably going to go in there rocking with Diddy. But I can't sit there and say that's an automatic deal for Diddy or that I would, or that I would be surprised if Dr. Dre won. The reason why I think Diddy might have an advantage is because, as we've seen with the locks versus the diplomats, it's all, the fact how you can control the crowd and how you are as a performer really can shift the energy and the results of a versus battle. And I think everybody knows when it comes to performing, Diddy is definitely better than Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre is more of a, you know, he's just going to give you the music, take the music, love the music. But Diddy, he's going to come out there dancing, doing this, that, and the third. Like, he's going to give you guys a presentation. Because I definitely think when it comes to songs, it's gonna they're going to need more than 20. And they can easily go back to back to back to back on each other. But if I had to say what's going to make the difference, it's probably going to be how they perform. And I think that Diddy would definitely be able to put out a better performance when it comes to the crowd than uh, Dr. Dre. But just let me know, but let me know how you guys feel about that. Uh Diddy versus Dr. Dre. Who y'all's got who y'all's got in a in a versus, man. Probably gonna put that up on my uh on Savage Time TV on my Instagram. So uh be looking out for that. Some more music news. NBA young boy. <laughs> I tell you guys, you wanna talk about somebody that slept on it, doesn't get his due. NBA Youngboy, bro. This dude's album, Sincerely Cottrell, is already trending. I think it's number five, and it's not even out yet. NBA Youngboy, um, I'm thinking of doing a, a more in-depth doc on this guy because what he's doing is just simply amazing. The dude is truly independent. I'm going to go on record and call him the the true future junior. I think when it comes to being independent, staying in tune with the streets, and just putting out good music that people love and showing you that you really don't have to depend on much as long as you, you know, you got the product, NBA young boy, bro. My man has been locked up for about, I think at least, at least at this point, six months. And his YouTube streams ain't going down. Nothing's going down. If anything is going up. So I'm definitely looking forward to this album, NBA young boy, keep doing what you're doing. Free, free young boy to his beverage. That's real talk. Um, again, sincerely, Cottrell. I'm looking forward for that when that drops, man. But I just think it just shows with that shit trending number five without it being out. It just shows the uh, the impact and the and the real talent and clout the NBA young boy has. He he ain't no fluke, bro. For people that that be you know they say whatever they say about him, bro can make music, and that's all I'm talking about right now. Bro can make music. Uh, to wrap things up. <laughs> Let's talk about this Mac Gala situation, bro. Man, I don't now. I do consider myself I'm decent with the fashion, but of course I don't know everything because some of the stuff that I was, some of the shit and outfits I was seeing out there was absolutely wild. Like Kid Cudi, oh, bro, that's my guy, bro. I fuck with Kid Cudi, but I don't know what he was on, bro. I'm like, that ain't it, bro. You wearing a dress? That ain't it. I'm sorry. I don't get it. Maybe somebody can explain it to me, but that ain't it. The eyes and the hair, okay, but the lipstick and all that shit or whatever, I don't get it. I don't get it. 
I don't get it. And <laughs> maybe someone can explain it to me, but I, I don't get it. Uh, I saw some really funny, funny out outfits where I was just like, huh? Like Kim came, everybody's doing the whole, that's another shot of the Kanye West. Now everybody covering their face with masks in public, walking around. Don't see me. You know it's me, but you don't know it's me. I'm trying to tell you again, Kanye West pushing the culture forward. Things that he says are cool become the coolest. But that was uh, that was something I saw. Uh, who else had some notable looks? Sierra came out there with the Russell Westbrook with the not so, my bad with the Russell with the Russell Wilson dress. I think I thought that was dope. She had a football looked at as as a person that she had on the Super Bowl ring on top of her wedding ring. That was hard. I ain't gonna lie. That was hard. If you you want to talk about if if I love my man and if I love and support my man was a person, Sierra. I can't I can't even take nothing from that. That was awesome. That was awesome showing him showing him love out there. Uh, a funny story about the Met Gala that I heard is that these dudes be all the food there is plant based, and I think a couple people, uh, Tyana Taylor and Kiki Palmer, had an issue with that. Like, and I, you know what, I would have felt the issue too. I could see if we had a choice, but God damn, all of it got to be plant based. Some of us still just want a nice little, you know, twelve, you know, little twelve, fifteen piece. You know what I'm saying? Give me some chicken wings, some fries, and a drink, and my man, I'm cool. Like. Like, at least give us the choice. But then, from what I hear, it was just all plant-based. So, you know me, I probably, I understand people probably left early or something. Because, oh, man, I would have been so hungry. I'm like, wait, all y'all sharing is plant-based? What if I don't, what if that's not what I'm on? Because, you know, if we serving, if they serving meat and all that other stuff, most people be like, well, can we have some plant-based options? But you see how they treat treat us, though. Man, they ain't even think. Man, you either going to get with this plant-based or get the fuck out. It wasn't fucking with us. <laughs> Not at all. So I thought that was pretty funny to see from the Mac Gala. Uh, well, for today, that's going to wrap up the podcast, man. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Blunt Talks Podcast. Again, presented by Savage Time TV. I'm your host, A.B. Brizzy. Remember to like, comment, share, and subscribe. And we are available on all streaming platforms. Just type in Savage Time TV and we will pop up. Type in Blunt Talks, we will pop up. And follow because I'm going to be giving you guys the best content that you can get. Period. So uh, make sure you, again, like, comment, share, and subscribe. And this was another one. This was great. I'll be seeing you guys soon. Again, peace.